0: Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the opportunity to be able to study it together. And so, Lord, would you meet with us? Would you open our hearts? Would you open our understanding? Lord, give us insight. God, speak to us through your word. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you did not get a handout on the way in and you want hard copy, raise your hand, and the Connections team will get you a set of the notes. Uh, Otherwise, you can get the digital PDFs at all the usual places. Just check our social links. Okay, so we finished up last time in Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 11 and we saw that God sees everything. Hell itself, destruction itself is before the Lord. Uh, he, he sees it all, but, but how much more our hearts? And, and so we saw that last time in Proverbs chapter 15. We'll pick it up in point number three because uh, we didn't finish up last time. And this is verse 12. We're gonna look at, again, we're, we're contrasting uh, the, the foolish and the wise, right? The wicked and the righteous, and, and so here we see reproof uh, in the life of the scorner. Point number three, verse 12 says, a scorner loveth not one that reproveth him, neither will he go unto the wise. Okay, so how come a scorner doesn't love someone that's trying to, trying to help him out, straighten them out, and make sure that they don't make a big mess of their life? He doesn't love this person. He won't go to the wise. Why? Well, it's because they love their sin. They love, they love their life of scorn, and the reason that they won't respond well to correction, to reproof, is they self-justify. That's how it works, and you know this to be true. You've seen this. You've seen examples of this. People proverbially get the bit in their mouth and, and uh, they're not willing to submit to the reins of God over their life and they wanna go away that's right in their own eyes and, and they've got a, list, a laundry list of reasons why they gotta do things the way that they wanna do it. And you just gotta, here's just a principle for counseling. Uh, this is just a principle of life. You, you can't help somebody that doesn't wanna help. And you just, you're just gonna have to come peace with that. Until someone wants to get right, you can't, you can't make them get right Until someone wants to see right, you can't make them see right. They actually have to want, their want to has to be set to God's worth being right with and so I'm gonna tremble at his word. Until they can come to the place where they can say, not my way, but God's way, Uh, they're not ready for help. And this is why, right, you don't wanna waste effort. I mean, this is what we're seeing here. A scorner, you can reprove them, but you're not gonna get thanks for it and so you just gotta ask yourself, you know, what kind of fool are you dealing with? Is this some is this one you answer, is this one you leave alone, and, and you need to just be walking in the Holy Spirit uh, to have discernment in terms of how, how to do that. But but we've we've kind of already covered this trail. We saw it in Proverbs chapter nine and verse seven. It says he that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. And he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth him, himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Why? Because you're holding him accountable. You're, you're, you're helping to sharpen his countenance. You're helping to, I mean, you, you know, he wants to get better, and so you're helping him. Uh, there is, you know, there is there, a, a truth relationship, and they're grateful for it. But here's this scorner who, you know, you tried to help them. You tried to, you tried to correct them. And then their response is, I kill you. You know, I destroy you. <laughs> what can you do with that? Uh, we saw this in the last chapter, Proverbs 14, verse 6. A scorner seeketh wisdom and findeth it not. But knowledge is easy unto him that understandeth. So the question on the floor tonight is, what about you? Are you a scorner or are you wise? Do you, here, here's, how, here's how you know if you're a scorner or if you're what? I, just the question that you have to answer and you know the question. Do you love reproof? Do you love it when someone reproves you? I didn't say did it feel good? <laughs> did you enjoy it, right? Was it comfortable? That's not, the, that's not the question. But do you love it when people love you enough to call you out? whenever you're making a mess? I mean, do you, love, do, do you love it when people say, hey, there's a semi barreling down the road, you're looking the wrong direction and you're getting ready to pull out in traffic? Don't you love it when people love you enough to pull you back from the brink and you know, tell you when you're gonna step in it? Do you love reproof? And then will you go to those with proven wisdom? When you come to an intersection in life, Instead of just barreling through, I'm the smartest person I know and I've got, you know, whatever I think must be right. No, do you, do you go to those who have proven wisdom? So disciple, do you go to your discipler? Do you go to your Bible study leader? Do you go to your, 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 your Bible study leader, your pastor? Hebrews 13 verse seven says, "'Remember them which have the rule over you "'who have spoken unto you the word of God, "'whose faith follow,' watch this now, "'considering the end of their conversation.'" So if you've got people in your life who are always making a mess of their life, that's not the people that you go to. No, it's the people that God's placed in your life. He's placed over you as a point of accountability to you. If they've got this walk with the Lord, it's proven out in their life, you wanna know what they think. You wanna go get counsel from wise, counsel, wise proven counselors. You see it again in verse 17. Obey them, Hebrews 13, 17, that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. You know, some of the people that God has in your life, they're speaking in your life and they're not doing it to make you miserable. Um, They're absolutely burdened about your day at the judgment seat of Christ. Um, Man, I hope we have a good time at the judgment seat of Christ. There's gonna be a lot of grief at the judgment seat of Christ, isn't there? Lord help us. All right, verse 13. Now we see their heart, we shift gears here. Uh, We've got the contrasts back. Verse 13, we're gonna see a happy versus a sorrowful heart. Verse 13 says, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. If your heart is is merry, uh, you can't keep that off your face. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Okay, so the first point for study is your heart condition shows on your face, and this is parallel to other principles like this that we've seen already in our study. In verse uh, 30 of chapter 14, a sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. We'll see it again in chapter 18, verse 14. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? Uh, So, uh, a a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. You can just tell when somebody's having a good day, what's in their heart shows up on their face, and man, it's obvious that they're full of happiness, they're full of joy. You can't uh, can't cover that up, right? And the reverse is true. When somebody's having a miserable time, their heart is broken, they're going through a time of sorrow, they don't keep that off of their face, but notice the danger that a person's spirit can be broken. Sorrow, by, the, by sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. Now, in the right context, okay, there is a place for this to have a broken heart, right, a broken spirit. Uh, sorrow of heart, broken spirit. There is a right place for this, uh, for brokenness in your life uh, where we're responding correctly right to sin in our life. Maybe sin has gone unchecked for a while and we recognize God can't be glorified with unrepentant sin in our life and the Spirit brings us to a place of acknowledgement. Sometimes it can be really, I mean, it it can produce a, a great deal of brokenness in the life of the believer. Again, we've used this illustration before. Uh, You've had times in your life where you realize that what you did gravely hurt another person. And when you recognize the magnitude of the damage that you caused to another person, you literally feel that in your bowels. It's a painful feeling. Again, how many actually do know what I'm talking about? You've experienced that before. Still a lot of psychopaths in the room. Like, if I hurt you, and I recognize that. I, 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 can, I ought to feel that um, and you'll feel it in your in your bowels. Okay well when you recognize that your sin is offensive before your creator I mean man that ought to, that ought to tear us up from the floor up. Psalms 51 verse 16 says for thou desirest not sacrifice else, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a, con, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, thou wilt not despise. So that's, that, man, getting right with God, that's a great place to be, but that can't be how you live your life. A lot of people will, will, will come to that place of brokenness over their sin, and then instead of listening to the word of God, they'll start listening to the accuser of the brethren. And they'll just they'll have you you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you've seen this before. Some people love wallowing in sorrow. They love wallowing in condemnation. They love wallowing right in 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 um in, in in failure. And God's all about the business of binding up the broken. This is the mission of the Lord Jesus Christ: not to leave people in broken places. Uh, In Luke chapter four, Jesus quotes Isaiah 61, verse one. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me, watch this now, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Isaiah 61, verse one. So God is in the business of binding up the broken. Verse 14 the understanding, those who have understanding versus the foolish. Uh, Verse 14, that's just based on the text. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. The mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. Okay, so 14a, we've spent a lot of time looking at this biblical concept. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge. Okay, so I get, I can't go away that's right in my own eyes. I can't do what I think. I need to do what God says, and so I'm gonna seek out knowledge, and we really, well, I mean, we spent a lot of time on this in the first couple chapters, and, uh, but, but, but look at the second half of the verse. The mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. What did, you ha- what did you eat today? What was on the menu today? Well, the mouth of fools feed on foolishness. This is how we accomplish what we saw in verse two. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright. Right, he had understanding, he sought out knowledge, and now he's able to use it here in, in, in verse two. But the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. Uh, you are what you eat. The fool feeds on foolishness. Of course, that's what's gonna come out of his life. The mouth of fools pours out the fool. In other words, there's that principle again. Whatever's in you, that's what's gonna come out of you. And if foolishness is always coming out of you, you need to change your diet, right? Let's consume the bread of life. Let's consume the word of God. Let's consume wisdom. Verse 15, affliction versus feasting. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Uh, that, that is so good. He that is of a merry heart haveth a continual feast. And that, that, man, that's okay. So we need sustenance. That's what we need. And I don't know, but some of you, you need to hear this. Nehemiah chapter eight and verse 10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is our is your strength. You know, a merry heart hath a continual feast. So the, 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 the person who is wise gets full of the joy of the Lord as they get full of the word of the Lord, as they go to the buffet of God's supply over our life and we commune with the Lord around the table of his word and, and uh, man, I mean, you just don't spend time like Moses did on the mount with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights and your face not shine some. Right, it's a continual supply. It's a continual feast. And so, how does it start? Well, you know, you start where you're at. It's like babies drink milk. Uh, if you tried to you put you put too much of a good thing in a baby, and it'll make a mess. It'll come out both ends. It's not it's not pretty. So you got to start with milk. Right? First Peter chapter two verse two says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. But it doesn't stay there, right? Every everything that lives should be progressing toward maturity. And you know what maturity looks like whenever you can enjoy the the the, the ribeye of the word. Whenever you can whenever you can dig in to the Kobe beef of God's word. That's like I mean, that's like the pinnacle. Just living doesn't get better than that, and and, um, uh, you know I've had I've had a number of ribeye steaks over the years, but but never any Kobe beef. How come we can't get? I was looking up ribeye for this verse, honey, and and while I'm researching ribeye, I I saw this thing on Kobe beef. I have the wrong job. (laughs) That's funny. Never mind. Okay, so <laughs> strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. That's that, that's that's how you know you're maturing, because you love the the ribeye of God's word. Your senses are exercised now in the use of God's word. You discern both good and evil, and now because you're full of the word, right? You're you're, you're you've. I mean, the uh, your relationship with God and the word. It's a continual feast. Well now you're ready to face any hardship. You can face anything, any hardship, enjoying the bounty that you have in Christ. If you can't understand Acts chapter 16 and verse 25, it's because you got some growing up to do. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Oh, the joy of the Lord was their strength. It's a continual feast, right? Their heart was merry in who they were and what they had in the Lord. In 2 Corinthians chapter four, Paul says, I can get all kinds of trouble from all kinds of places and it's all good, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man, watch this now, it's a continual feast. It's just renewed day by day with, man, I I got Jesus in my life, I can face anything. I mean, they beat those men bloody and they put them in stocks and what was their response? praising, worshiping, giving glory. It's all good. This thing was gonna end one way. Something's gotta kill a fella. Uh, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Jesus is still gonna be with me. That's gonna be my eternity. Jesus is still gonna be with me. It's a good day. Well, that's maturity. You say, man, I can't do that. I, have, I mean, somebody cuts me off in traffic and, and uh, my old man comes out. Uh, keep feeding in the word. Keep, keep growing up we'll get there. 1 Peter chapter four, verse 12. Think it, not a, think it not a strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, that you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Who he is in my life, right? That I'm, uh, it, if, God is, if God is in my life, and he's speaking to me, right? His word—it's uh, truth, it's promises, it's power, right? The word—he's speaking his word over my life. How can I not be the most excited, excited person that I know? How can I not be full of joy? Uh, I, I've got—I've got the Creator's attention. <laughs> he's active. He's working in my life. Why wouldn't I be full of joy? Man, I ought to be like—you ever see a puppy? Uh, or or some dogs never outgrow it. Whenever they see their master, it's been a minute, and they see their master. Earl still does this, um, mainly because we don't let him in our room anymore at night. It's a long story. (laughs) But when I get up in the morning, I usually get up before my wife does. I get up, right there in the hall, there's Earl waiting for me. And you know what he's doing? Uh, He's not saying anything, but he's communicating volumes. Okay, I don't know if I can do this, but he's looking at me and he's going like this. (laughs) I mean, it's just, I mean, he's just going nuts. He's so, he's, he's beside himself with joy that we're together. And we have this moment, and you know, he wants me to scratch him in all the places, and he does, we have our moment, and then he's like, smell you later. And he <laughs> runs in to go snuggle with Cheryl before she gets up. But that, just that joy at being with me—it's—it's—he can't hide it. It's all over him. Verse sixteen: Little with the Lord is still your best deal in life. Oh man, I, I hope we can get this. Verse sixteen says, "Better is a little with fear, with the fear of the Lord, than great treasure and trouble therewith." Okay, this is one of several better than statements in Proverbs. This is what we'd call better than wisdom from Proverbs. And uh, we'll see it again in verse 17. And I gave you the cross references for that. They're there in your notes. But there are many better than, this is better than that uh, wisdom statements in Proverbs. Verse 16, it's better is little. You're better off with very little in this life but a right relationship with the Lord. Better is litter, little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. So nothing's worth being filthy, stinking, rotten, rich if it comes with a mess, if it comes with a hard time. It's, it's just not worth it. I'll give you a great example. Lazarus apparently understood this. He's a beggar, but he's got the Lord in his life. I mean, you read Luke chapter 16. Here's Lazarus and the rich man. The rich man has great treasure and a whole lot of trouble comes with it. Read Luke chapter 16. Lazarus is just hoping for some crumbs from the rich man's table, but he ends up in Abraham's bosom. Now how does that reflect back on their life? Well, okay, again, verse 17. Speaking of food, better is a dinner of herbs where love is than, I mean, you know, in terms of the flesh, I can't think of anything worse than being stuck on a, on a vegan diet. That just sounds horrible, okay? But that would be better than Kobe beef and a fight. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. So you can be rich and miserable, huh? You can be filthy, stinking, rotten, rich, and absolutely miserable. There was an actor that they um, committed suicide this week. I mean, he's filthy, stinking, rotten, rich, and hates his life enough to take it. That's heartbreaking. But a simple meal in a loving relationship, well, that's far richer than Kobe steak with a miserable mate. See the stalled ox or the fatted calf, that's always, when you see that in the Bible, it's used for a celebration feast. It's time to party. That's what the fatted, ac, you know, the fatted ox or the stalled calf is for. It's, it's for throwing a big party, a celebration, a great celebration feast. So what, 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 what this is saying here in verse 17 is you can have all the physical elements for a party, but still cry if you want to, cry if you want to, and you would cry too if you were married to a miserable shrew, or I mean a schlub. Okay, I just let's, let's be gender equal in this. I mean, you can have everything and still be miserable. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is. And how many know that's true? Uh, man, if you're doing it with the right someone, a salad is a great time. I mean, that is a wonderful time. But if you're with a me monster, even if it's Kobe's steak, I mean, that's just like, it can ruin it. I remember, well, never mind. I don't want to stick my foot in my mouth, but I, I can just think of so many times where I thought someone was so lovely and they were so great, and then they opened their mouth and said what they, what they said, or they, you know, they just got bold and they did what they did, and, 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 and immediately, this thing that should have been so lovely in terms of my view of this person immediately just turns to, I can't get away fast enough. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Man, a salad where love is, is better than all of the elements for a party. Your relationships are jacked up. Okay, so here's what we need to do. We need to close in prayer. Out of this list, in this second half of our notes, okay, out of this list, was there some point where the Holy Spirit got you in the fields and said, hey, you need to pay attention to this. Hey, you need to submit to this. Hey, you need to, start, you need to start tracking and you need to start submitting to, you need to start living this. Let's break up, let's get a find a prayer partner and let's lift that up to the Lord. Um, we'll keep a couple of leaders down front. If somebody needs help, needs counsel, needs prayer, we wanna meet with you, but, but let's pray And then once we pray, you're dismissed and and maybe we can get out a few minutes early if some of you need that, if if you're traveling a long distance. All right, let's pray. Let's make sure everybody's got someone to pray with. I love you guys. God bless you.